Lord has laid something on my heart for you today. And I want to entitle this, Let the River Flow. Before I do that, do we have that video, the Right to Invite weekend video? So last weekend, we had this incredible, here you go. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> get them and you compel them to come in so that my house will be full. You just walk. That, that is also part of what your giving went to as well. We had candy bags that we went out to those local businesses and, you know, just blessed the owners, the managers, and he really moved that weekend. And I just want to encourage everyone, uh, some of you have never done that before, have gone out to even witness or even maybe gone out to witness to someone at a business. Let's keep that going. Amen. We don't need to have Pastor Johnny Jurgensen come all the time, amen. We've got, <laughs> we've got us, amen. It's us, and it's the Christ in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you, and we can just go out anytime and share the love of Jesus. In fact, if you went out to some of these local businesses, raise your hand right now. I want to, I want to acknowledge, the, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it was a good thing. I'm sure if, you, if we continue to go back to these businesses we visited, God will continue to work on their hearts. And if they didn't come, they may come still yet. Amen. So God is moving. And I wanted to, to uh, title this message, Let the River Flow, because the river was flowing that weekend. The river was flowing yesterday. Amen. Souls being saved, souls being delivered. And I believe that will happen again today and as we move forward. And I want to come out of the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, looking at verse 37 we're going to talk about jesus and jesus made a very bold declaration how many y'all know he made many bold declarations that stirred the religious pot amen that got the the feathers ruffled of the religious elite i love it i love it i love it <laughs> all right so this is what he says in verse i'm going to start with verse 36 i didn't give them verse 36 but it just jumped out at me so You'll see it on the screen at 37, but I'll start with 36. What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. So they're all asking these questions, the, the religious teachers, like, what is he talking about? And obviously he was talking about dying on the cross. And then after they're, they're questioning, there's a stirring in the crowd, and everyone's wondering, what is, 
Jesus is talking about here. He's, he, he's saying, you're going to try to seek me and you're not going to find me. And he stands up on the last day of the great feast. Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. Does anybody believe in Jesus today? Yes. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, but Jesus, because Jesus was not yet glorified. God, I pray right now, you bless the hearers and doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. If you are a believer in Jesus here today, Jesus said... Out of your belly, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. Now, obviously, he was speaking figuratively. And I think it is something that we need to tune into today. Uh, because in this crowd, many people were not believing. And so he had to say, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart. What is the heart? The Bible talks Always about the heart being your, your mind, your will, the seat of your emotions, where you make decisions. Out of your decisions, out of your emotions, this is where God is coming, through the Holy Spirit. Our direction, right, our, our decisions to be pleasing to the Lord, to be directed by the Holy Spirit. This is what he is talking about. And, and when it flows out of us, it's going to flow like a living, li uh, living water. It's going to flow like a river. And how do you know when you see a river, it's coming from a source? Amen? It's coming from a source, and it's going to some other place, right? God is saying that the river, the Holy Spirit, is coming from him through you, and it's going somewhere. Where is it going is determined on who we encounter. And so the rivers of living water represents the Holy Spirit's presence and the Holy Spirit's power, and it's poured out on the followers of Jesus Christ. We have followers of Jesus Christ in here. Say amen. If you're a follower and believer of Jesus, amen, God has poured his spirit out into your heart when you said, yes, Lord, and repented of your sins unto salvation. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory, talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is someone, is a person, the third person of the Trinity, and he is there to convict you of sin. He is there to remind you of the scriptures. He is there to comfort you. He is there to counsel you. He is there to lead you in the right path and direction. He is there to war against sin in your life. He is there to help you resist temptation and to submit to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is not just so we can have Holy Spirit goosebumps or Holy Ghost goosebumps or so we can speak in tongues or so we can shout loud and all those, these are things that might happen from an experience with God. But the Holy Spirit's primary uh, focus and job in your life is to be a witness unto Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you ever wonder if you have the Holy Spirit, it's very simple to know that if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, he has not left you comfortless. He has not left you hopeless. He has not left you helpless. The Holy Spirit is within you. And the Spirit's presence points to his cleansing, which is ongoing process, sanctification, a sanctifying work, being separated from the world and separated unto God for his purpose. This is in the hearts of every single person that claims the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit works in us, and it's like a river that's flowing out of us to bring blessing to others. His spirit 
or his presence is his spirit. And if you were here last weekend, you heard Pastor Johnny Jurgensen say that the Holy Spirit in us is for us and the Holy Spirit upon us is for them. Amen. So when the New Testament, they, they had the Holy Spirit upon them. But in the New Testament, when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence within us. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when we have the Holy Spirit in us, he's not meant to just be caged up. Come on. He's not just meant to be bottled up. The Holy Spirit in us should be flowing out of us to touch a sin-darkened world. Amen? And so that's what I want to talk about today. And so I want to look at the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. And here we find the apostles, the disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus has gone now to the Father. But before he left, he's leaving to the Father. Before he left, he made the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said about the Holy Spirit in verse 8, chapter 1. But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. power. You shall receive power. Power is dunamis or dynamite or it's explosive, amen? And obviously an explosion is going to affect many people. And this is the Holy Spirit power that should be inside every believer. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, again, upon you, you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God has called us primarily with the Holy Spirit upon us to be witnesses of Jesus, that means we got to talk about him. I know there's a famous quote out there that, that all of us probably know that says something to this effect, um, that preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Listen, that is not biblical, okay? It's nice and fun and warm and, and, warm and fuzzy, but at the end of the day, preaching the gospel is a requirement for all of us. And it doesn't mean you got to have a microphone and a platform. Your platform is the world. Your platform is your job. And you don't need a microphone. Amen. All you need to know is the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has done in your life. Amen. And to be a witness unto God by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what he's called us to do. Amen. I, I hear many people saying, I want to know what God's will is for my life. His will is for you to be a witness unto his name. That, that's all we need to know. We can just stop right there. We don't need to know, is God's will if I go into uh, 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 to be a physician or if it's God's will to do this or, or to, to play sports or, you know, to be married or all these things that are nothing wrong with God's primary will because of the Holy Spirit living within us to be a witness unto his name. And we have to use words. There are times that our life will speak loud, but the gospel of Jesus Christ must be proclaimed and we must open our mouths and talk about what Jesus has done because there's so many people dying in darkness and sin without hope and in despair and we have the hope of this world inside of us. Why should we keep silent? We need to speak up. We need to stand out. We need to declare the name of Jesus above every single name and that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Amen. Because it's truth. Ezekiel 47 is my main text I want to come from. And here is the prophet Ezekiel, and not many people um, go through the book of Ezekiel. We know about Isaiah. We know about Jeremiah. Ezekiel is a major prophet. He's given many visions, one of which is in Ezekiel 47. Here's a vision that he's given, and he says um, in verse 47, or chapter 47, 1, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. 
for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out of the way by the north gate, and he led me around the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, The water, this water flows toward the eastern region goes down into the valley, and it enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers will go, there will be a great, very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Now, this vision that Ezekiel is given is... It got to the point where the water was coming to the temple. This vision that he seen, vision meaning he was awake, and God showed him this. And the, the water was coming from the, the throne of God into the temple, and it was flowing out on the east side, and it went into the valley, and then it eventually went into the sea. And he got this vision speaking of Israel. Now, here's the thing I want you to know, that it started out as a trickle, and it says it went out east. And if you read your Bible, you know in the Garden of Eden, when sin entered into the world, Adam and Eve was banished to east of Eden, the Bible says, out to the east. Like God, there's, God doesn't mince words. God didn't just put words in his holy scriptures for nothing. There was a reason they were sent to the east. You can actually go through the whole Bible, and anywhere you find the direction east, hello, Jesus is coming back in the eastern sky. Amen. The Bible says you will come in the eastern sky and all eyes will see him. Amen. There's always something significant about what God says, especially when it comes to direction. And so they were banished to the east and yet here the water is trickling out towards the east. I think God is doing some restoration and it flowed from the temple. And as it flowed from the temple, it kept getting bigger. And the water got to a point where it went over Ezekiel's head and all he could do is swim. And this is to say that the flow of water spiritually, spiritually speaking, represents the cleansing and the washing by the word. And this was in Ezekiel's vision. And the word of God is flowing from the altar out of the temple into the nation of Israel. And it is still flowing today. And spiritually, this is a powerful picture for us of increasing progress and depth in our spiritual life. When the Spirit of God is working in you, when the Spirit of God is working in the church, water is often tied to life and the work of the Holy Spirit. So when the Spirit of God is working in you, the life of the Holy Spirit is working in you. It is the rivers of living water that Jesus spoke about in John chapter 7. And we need the rivers of living water to flow from the throne of God, to flow into the temple of God, to flow from the altar of God, to flow into our hearts, and to flow from our hearts out into to the nations that don't know Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when the Holy Spirit is flowing, a small trickle becomes a mighty river. When the Holy Spirit is flowing, a small trickle becomes a mighty river. And so the, just picture this. The water is flowing from the temple, the throne where God is, 
And it starts out as a trickle. And there's a progression. It goes from the ankle. It goes to the knees. It goes to the waist. And it goes over the head to where you can no longer touch the ground and you must swim. This is a call for us to go deeper. Not just for the sake of going deeper. Not just for the sake of being deep. But this is to impact the people around us. This is to change the environment, especially in your job place. This is to change the environment, especially at your home. Amen. I love it when people walk around with the Bible. I used to walk around. I would go to the movies with the Bible in my hand when I first got saved. And people looked at me crazy. And then technology came along. I got used to it on my phone. Well, recently I got a new Bible that I can carry around. And because I'm getting older... The print is a little bigger. How many of y'all with me on that? Y'all know what I'm, I see some of y'all out there. Yeah. They say once you reach 40, that's what happens. I don't know, but that's what my eye doctor said. But I'm glad to be carrying the physical Bible with me because that is mo that, that, this Bible right here is more powerful than any nuclear weapon. This Bible right here, oh my gosh, this Bible right here is so powerful. You can go to the metal detectors and it wouldn't pick it up. Amen. This Bible is so powerful. One of my brothers in the Lord we would go out to Walmart and we would take a Bible with us. And I promise you, it seemed like we were Moses out there because as soon as we got into Walmart, the seas parted. People went that way. People went that way, right? They saw the Bible. And I could just imagine in their mind, they're probably thinking, oh, my gosh, here comes those Bible thumpers. We must get out of here because they're going to talk about sin. Listen. When we carry the word of God, both physically and in our heart, we are a dangerous Christian, both to the enemy and to those who don't like dark, uh, like the light. They like the darkness. But Jesus came to annihilate, come on, the works of the devil, amen, and he does it through the Holy Spirit because Christ within you is greater than he that's in the world, amen? And so, yes. We are to go deeper with God, but not for the sake to be religious, not for the sake to be we are connected with God and everyone can see us. Because back in those days, the Pharisees, they wore long robes. They spoke great things. They had uh, magnificent prayers in the public so that everybody could look at them and not God. That is not why God wants us to go deep. God wants us to go deep, wants us to go deeper with him, first of all, so that we can know his heart, so we can know who this God is, so we can spend our lives digging and digging and digging for this great treasure of getting to the knowledge of God. And we will never, ever fully comprehend the knowledge of God while we're here on earth. So we can try to figure it out all we want, but God says in his, way, in his word that my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and so are my ways. If God gave us all the knowledge he wanted to give us here on earth and we had it all figured out, then we would be God's ourselves. But God is saving it for when we get to heaven. And when we see Jesus face to face, then we shall know all that we should know. Amen. But in the meantime, what we know about God right now is suffice enough for us to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ and what he's done in our hearts. Amen. And so we need to keep that going. And we don't stop until we are swimming in the river. Amen. Until we're carried along by the current of God. We need the ankle depths of walking to be exchanged for the knee depths of praying. And these for the loin depths of perfect purity. And these for the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height of the love of Christ. When water flows from its source, source, it naturally gets more shallow. If you look outside, if you go to a river, if you go to a lake, you know a river is coming from a lake. And at the dam is where the river is most fiercest. But as it gets further away from its source, it starts trickling. Not this river. 
not the river of the Holy Spirit. The river of the Holy Spirit is opposite. It starts out trickling. It looks like a little dabble do you. It looks like it's shallow. It looks like it's insignificant. But as you get closer to God and you let the power of the Spirit move in your life, then you will see that the water gets deeper till it is ankle deep. And then once it's ankle deep, you go a little further with God and it gets knee deep. And then you go a little further with God and it gets waist deep. And then you go further with God till you are just all over your head and you can't even touch the ground anymore and you are swimming with the current of God. And that is what God wants us to do. Amen. We cannot just sit soaking sour. We cannot just be satisfied with just Sunday mornings. This has got to be on Monday. This has got to be on Tuesday. Come on, we come in here to get filled up so we can go out and tell people about the love of Christ. Amen. Listen, if all we want to do is come on Sundays and Wednesdays, and that's the only time we have with God, we're religion. That's it, it's religious. We're just religious. But that's not what God gave us the Holy Spirit for. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be representatives of him here on earth, and that should affect every area of our life. Now, it's going to be a progression, just like this river is a progression. You may not start off fast with God, but I'm promising you right now, if you stay connected to his word and prayer, this has got to be a daily thing. Stay connected to his word and prayer. You say, I don't understand the Bible. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in God. Pray, say, God, I need to understand your word. Here's a better thing to do. Also, before you do that, say, God, give me a desire. Give me a thirst and give me a hunger for your presence. Give me a thirst and hunger for your word. Give me a thirst and hunger to pray. It is God's will and he will fulfill it if you pray it. Come on. God's word is so precious, he's not just going to throw it to anybody. If you really want it, he will give it to you. Amen? But come on. How many of you know you got to strive? you got to just reach out to God and throw everything down and surrender and say, God, yeah, I want you and I want nothing else. When you get your heart posture in that place, you will experience the working of the Holy Spirit in your life like you never had before. I'm telling you from experience. I'm not telling you about something I simply read. we got to be all in for God. We got to give it all to him, not just on Sunday morning. If we walk out of here today and the spirit of God is not moving the rest of the week in our hearts, then I will submit to you that we are not seeking after God. Because listen, God is ready to fill. It's not a matter of do we want it? It's a, it is a matter of do we want it, but it's also a matter of God is wanting to do it, but do we really want it to happen in our lives? Amen. And so naturally the water starts off shallow. I mean, naturally the water from the source starts off mighty and it goes shallow, but not here spiritually. It's the opposite. It starts off shallow with a little, little, little trinkle, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. And so when the Holy Spirit is flowing, empty things get filled. Let me say it again. When the Holy Spirit is flowing, empty things get filled. This river in Ezekiel it says it's flowing to a sea. Let's just look at that, verse 8. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley, and it enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. This sea is not just any sea. The sea is the Dead Sea. And it's called the Dead Sea because it's dead. There's nothing in there living because the salt content is, is so high that no fishes can live there, nothing living at all. It's dead. Amen. And so Jesus is saying, or the Holy Spirit is saying, we can say Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit is telling us that 
when the rivers of water flow, everything it flows to brings life. Everywhere it goes, it brings life. I don't know if you need life in your prayer. Maybe your prayer life is dead. Maybe it needs to be activated. Maybe it's empty. I don't know if your time seeking with God, your personal time with God is dead right now. Maybe it needs resurrection. Amen. When the rivers of living water are flowing, everything it touches lives. There might be some people in your life that are dead in sin. And if they die today, you don't know if they're going to go to heaven. When the rivers of water, living water flows and touches their hearts, they shall have life. Amen. Maybe you got family members. Maybe you got coworkers. Maybe you got friends. You know someone that needs the life from the Holy Spirit, and it's coming from you. It's coming from the throne of God. It's coming to the temple. It's coming to the altar, and it's coming into your hearts. And will it continue to flow? The only reason it will stop in our hearts is because we let it stop in our hearts. The only reason it will stop in our hearts is because maybe we're harboring sin in our hearts. Maybe we're harboring selfishness in our hearts. I know there's sometimes when I'll get up in the morning and I'll go about my day, and I may never say it with my lips, but I say it with my actions, and my actions will say this. My actions will say, not your will, Lord, but my will be done. Because how many times have I been nudged by the Holy Spirit to speak to someone about Jesus and I decided I was timid, or I decided I don't want to do it today because I'm busy, or I decided maybe they're going to get offended and they don't want to hear it. So I just make all these excuses to not allow the rivers of living water to flow out of my heart. But here's the thing. I think we're in a time of day right now, and I, and I say this a lot, but I feel it an urgency in my spirit. I don't know if some of y'all do as well. Well, it's time out for us to stop doing those things. We've got to stop quenching the Holy Spirit. We got to stop living in sin. Come on. We got to stop shutting our mouths when we know we should be telling people about Jesus. Those two things right there, if we would stop living in sin and trying to be like the world, and if we would let the Holy Spirit really flow in our lives, you would start seeing a significant change in your family. You would start seeing a significant change in your community, and hopefully that would spread to the cities and hopefully spread to the nation and the world. Amen? That's what I want to see. Something else in this Dead Sea, the Dead Sea couldn't hold any fish until the river of living water got there. And when the river of living water got there, the Bible says in Ezekiel, there was multitude of fish. It reminds me of Jesus. And he told us, told us this. He told his disciples and he telling, he's telling us, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You can't fish if there's no fish. The Dead Sea didn't have fish, but the rivers of living water made a way for there to be fish so that fishermen could gather around the sea, and that's what Ezekiel saw. And for us spiritually, the fish are there. The fish are flopping. Come on. The fish are biting. Come on. We got to just throw the lure out there. And what is the lure? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It does not have to be packaged any other way. We need to tell sin what it is and, and the consequences of sin. And we need to speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. And we don't have to make it pretty. We don't have to try to make it uh, something that's palatable for them so they can easily take on and digest and, and say things like this. Well, you know God has a plan for your life and you just need to turn to him and, and start living the good life. No, we don't need to say all that. We need 
need to say that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and he died for sinners such as you and me and we have thought things and we have done things and we have said things that demand the justice of God and if we do not repent we will abide in the wrath of God and we will be sent to a devil's hell and we need to tell them the truth and we need to tell them that Jesus took their sins upon himself on the cross he that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God Amen. And that he forgave us our sins because of the blood of Jesus. And he wasn't buried in the ground and stayed there. If you go to his tomb, the tomb is empty because he has risen. And he is the only one that has risen. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius, but Jesus the Christ. So he's the only one that has the right to forgive us our sins. And that's the truth we need to be telling. Amen. They don't need to hear... Uh, you know, five principles of how to be successful. How to live the good life here on earth. How to get the American dream. That is not the gospel. They need to hear the complete truth. That is what saves men. If someone would have told me that at the age of 21, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Because I probably would have said, hey, it's okay, I, I can figure things out on my own. But I had to ha have conviction of the Holy Spirit in my heart to see that I have offended a holy God and I need to repent. And that was what turned my heart around. Not all this five plans to success, not all this, hey, you're not living a good life, do you want to live a good life? That is not the gospel. Pastor Jeff says that's greasy grace, right? It's not the gospel. We want, the God, we want our God to open the floodgates of his power and presence, but it has to start with us. From the throne into the temple, down into the streets, into the communities, bringing life to everything and everyone that it touches. Everything. Amen? Everything. You have influence because the Holy Spirit is the influencer in you. We need to let him out. Amen. He's not some dog that we just keep up in a little cage and say, oh, you can go out to use the bathroom right now, right? But then at this time, we're going to go back in. We're going to put you in your cage. That's not the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit freedom in every area of your life. I'm talking finances. I'm talking your marriage. I'm talking your family. I'm talking on your job. I'm talking when you're in the car, pray in the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. If we do these things, I promise you we'll see a shifting in this country. But if believers do not get off of their backside, come on, and get out there and preach the good news and start being an influencer that we are, then I promise you we can expect to see the same things and same things getting worse in this country. And I don't know about you but i'm sick and tired of it i hope to have grandkids one day and i want my grandkids grandkids to have a better life than without the strife and the bitterness and the hatred and the killing and the raping and all the things that we're seeing right now and we have the remedy what are we doing with him jesus said rivers of living water maybe you feel empty today jesus came to fill that it starts with the rivers of living water when the Holy Spirit is flowing, the heal get the heal, excuse me, the hurt get healed, and the unsaved get saved. Look at verse 12. Along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. The gospel is here to fill the hungry right? The spiritually hungry. 
Amen. The spiritually hungry will be filled. The gospel is here, here to heal those who are filled with sin sickness. Come on. That is the worst disease there is, is the sin sickness. And we have the remedy. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is here through us and working in us. Look at Psalm verse 1, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 3. They are like trees, talking about the righteous, planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. When he talks about prospering, he's not talking about finances. He's talking spiritually. I don't know about you, but I'd rather grow spiritually. I'd rather prosper spiritually. Amen. Because anything I accumulate here is going to fade away. I can't take it with me. But everything I invest in the kingdom of God is going to go with me into heaven. Uh, Johnny said a while ago, putting crowns at Jesus' feet. Yes, I want crowns so I can cast them at Jesus' feet. And one of those crowns is a soul winner's crown. Amen. That we lead people to Christ, so we got to get busy. Amen. One other thing I want to point out here is that fruit from trees heal people in this passage in verse 12 of Ezekiel. That is the opposite of what the fruit did in the Garden of Eden. They were forbidden to eat this fruit. And what happened? Sin entered into the world, and God is doing a restoration. And he's showing Ezekiel this vision that this fruit is not going to destroy. This fruit is going to heal. And we are partakers of that. Amen? We see in John 15, verse 5, that Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me or who lives in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What does he mean? You can't bear the characteristics of God apart from Jesus. We can try to do it our own way, try to live righteously on our own, but we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit living in us. If you cut off a branch, you know the branch is going to wither and fade and die. Fruit is not going to grow on a dead branch. If the fruit is connected to the trunk, then we know that the sap is going to reach that, uh, that branch and that we know that that branch doesn't have to work, that branch doesn't have to strive, that branch just simply has to stay connected, simply has has to abide and it will bear fruit. All we have to do, believers, is we don't have to try harder. We don't have to work harder to be good or, oh, I got to do my prayer checklist. I got to do my reading devotion. I got to check that off, check that off, and I'm a good little Christian. Pat myself on the head. No, no, no. All we need to do is stay connected to Jesus, and we do that through the Word, and we do that through prayer. I want to exhort you to get in your Bible and learn about God. If we're only coming to Sunday mornings to get spoon-fed by the pastor and we're not eating ourselves. Listen, I don't know about you, but I feed myself when I'm at home. But when I was a child, I couldn't feed myself. Someone had to feed me. If, do we have any grown folk in here? Do we have any mature people in here that say, I don't need the pastor to feed me. I'm thankful for those meals, but I can feed myself. And I do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Invest in yourself. Dig yourself. Understand what the Bible means. I'll give you a good resource, the ESV Study Bible. If you don't have that, go buy it. Put that on your Christmas list. ESV Study Bible. I challenge you. It will help you understand the Word of God. But here's the other thing I want to challenge you on even more. The Holy Spirit. Ask Him. I don't understand this. And ask the Holy Spirit. He will give you understanding. Amen? Amen. So, whatever you might be feeling or dealing with today, maybe it's brokenness, maybe it's heartache, maybe it's pain. The river 
is meant to flow through you to somebody else, but you get a blessing when it's flowing through you. Because the Bible says there's trees on each side of the river, and they are made for healing. The way God has designed it is that the, He is the healer, and He is the one who binds up our broken wounds, and He is the one that binds up our broken hearts, and He is the one that saves us. And if that power of the Holy Spirit is coming from Him and is flowing into the, from the throne to the temple to the altar into your heart and out to other people that don't know Jesus, then you get blessed to begin with too. How many times have I been discouraged and I told someone about Jesus or I've encouraged somebody else in the Lord and God blessed me for it? Come on. I stopped worrying about what I was dealing with. I stopped worrying about my problem now. Why? Because I allowed the rivers of living water to flow. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But the church must be aligned with God. If we are to reach the world, we must let the rivers of living water flow out of our hearts because the culture is drying up. And why? Because spiritual water is not flowing out of the temple into our hearts and out into the world. We're stopping it. And we need to stop damming it up and let it flow. Until it flows out of the church, it is not going to flow into the streets and bring life. And that's where death is. We need to bring healing where there's hurting. If God's presence isn't showing up among his people, then how is it going to show up in the streets? How is it going to show up in our communities, in our cities, our jobs, our nations, and the world? God has given us the honor and the privilege to be partakers of his divine glory. Why are we fighting against the spirit of God? The last scripture I want to read and the worship team can come out. Revelation 22. All throughout the Bible, starting from the Garden of Eden, we see this river flowing from the temple of God. It goes all throughout the Bible. We saw it in Ezekiel. We saw it in John chapter 7. Even the woman at the well, Jesus said, come to me. I am the, the living water. I am the living fountain. And then we get to Revelation. We get to the end of everything that is written. Revelation 22, we see in verse 1, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. God is bringing things full circle. There's a tree of life in the Garden of Eden. That tree of life was forbidden to take of its fruit. This tree of life it's welcome to take of the fruit. That tree of life, the fruit brought sin into the world. This tree of life brings restoration into the world. He says it bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for what? The healing of the nations. The Bible tells us to bear fruit. We are the branches and we are to bear fruit. And the fruit is after his kindness, after his likeness. And the fruit points back to God. And the fruit is the characteristics of God. I've never seen a tree, a tree consume its own fruit. Any tree you've ever seen with fruit is for the beneficiary of other people. The fruit you have in your life is not for you. It's for other people. Amen. It's for other people. As we continue, verse 3. And there will be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. Oh, I want to see the face of Jesus. And his name shall be on their foreheads. That means he owns us. Verse 5, there shall be no night there. Talking about heaven. They need no lamp, nor the light of the sun. 
Why? For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. I look forward to the day when I get to see the real, pure, clear, crystal river of the living God flowing from the temple in heaven, from his throne. I can just picture right now, and, and what we can picture here on earth is very limited because of our finite minds. I just know it's going to be mind-blowing when we get to heaven. Don't you want to be in heaven one day? Amen. God has called us to bring a little piece of heaven to earth by allowing the Holy Spirit to flow out of our hearts and touch every area of our life. You've heard Pastor Jeff say many times, you put gas in your car right now, you fill it up. Before the end of the week, you're going to have to put more gas in it. We come to church on Sunday to get filled up. But as we go throughout the week, we know we got to get filled up again. And we can't depend on Pastor Jeff or any other pastor to fill us up. We must go to the waters ourselves, And we must say, God, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit right now. I know some of you in here need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because I need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. I need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit every single day. I don't want to go empty. I don't want to have, come on, I don't want to have three quarters of a tank. I want to be on full all the time. In fact, I want to be past full. I want to be overflowing. Because if it's overflowing, it's reaching people around me. So if you want to be filled today, if you want to overflow the Holy Spirit in your heart, I want to ask you to stand. We're going to begin to pray. And you don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You just need the hand of God on your heart. And God said he will fill anyone who desires to be filled. God doesn't want us to play games. God knows our hearts, and he knows if we're double-minded. He knows that we got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. He wants us to be 100% surrendered to him. If you are 100% surrendered to him, God says, I will fill you today. I will fill your heart. All you got to do is ask. But if you're not 100%, I want to ask you to just give it all to God today. God's not asking for promises. He's only asking for your heart. He's only asking that you will let him work in your life. And I promise you, 26 years now I've been living for the Lord. I am so thankful that I have seen that progression. It started off ankle deep. It went to knee deep. It went to waist deep. Sometimes it would go back to the ankle. Sometimes it would go up to the knee, back to the ankle. But there have been many times in my life that it went past my waist and it went over my head and I was flowing in the Holy Spirit and I was flowing in the river without a care in my world. Come on. I was living the word of God totally surrendered. And let me tell you, when I, when I am flowing in the Holy Spirit in every area of my life and God is first and he is number one and I am fully surrendered, that has been the best place I've ever been. Ever been. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all haven't experienced that. Some of y'all are doing like my wife does sometimes. I love you, baby. Just dipping the toes in the ocean. Staying on the beach and saying this feels good. It does. It's nice, cool, and refreshing. But there's something about when you start walking into the ocean. And you get ankle deep. 
and you decide, you know what, this feels a little good, I'm going to go knee deep. And then how many of you know once you get back to your waist, you know what I'm talking about, you get back to your waist, that's a big test when you get to your waist because that's really cold, right? And you're like, oh my goodness. But once you get to your waist, you've got past the hard part, so you might as well just dive in, amen? And that's what God is calling us to right now. Some of us are ankle deep with God. Some of us have progressed to knee deep. Some are even waist deep. And God is saying, why don't you just give it all and just get in and swim till your feet can't touch the ground anymore. I'm going to hold you up. You're not going to drown, Peter. You're not going to be taken over. Come on. I'm there to rescue you if you feel like you're going to drown. I'm there with you the whole time. Be sold out for my name's sake. Let the rivers of living water flow. And I promise you, you will be living the best life you can live here on earth. Amen. You could be broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on. And if you let the rivers of living water really flow in your life, you will not be thinking about the, the broke, busted, and disgustedness as much as you did before. I heard a quote one day. Let me share this real quick, and then we're going to pray. Because I, I think it's really good, mind-blowing, in fact. That said, trials and problems in life are like mattresses. If you try to live under or sleep under the mattress, you will suffocate. If you try to live or sleep under your problems, you're going to suffocate. But when you sleep on top of the mattress, you sleep pretty well. When you can sleep on top of your problems, you sleep pretty well. Amen? I don't want the problems to suffocate me. I want to be able to live above the problems. And the way I live above the problems is total surrender to Jesus Christ. Amen? It doesn't mean I won't have the problems. It just means the problems won't have me. Amen? Glory to God. I want us to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I know that there are some people today that don't know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, Holy Spirit, you have nudged a heart or two or three or four, whoever, God. Whosoever will, you said, come and drink. God, I pray there's some whosoever's here today. It says, I want to drink of this water. I'm tired of doing things in my own strength. I'm tired of doing things my way. I heard about Jesus. I heard he died for my sins and that my sins are forgiven. And all I have to do is accept him into my heart. And I want to turn away from the world and turn to Jesus today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you right now, slip up your hand. If you're in this congregation and you need Jesus Christ to come into your heart, raise that hand high right now so I can see. Amen. Several hands. Several hands. You may put your hands down. I'm going to dismiss here in a minute, but before I do, I want to tell you something. We have something for you. Today, you're making the best decision of your life. And I want everyone to pray this prayer, including those who raise your hands. Let's do it right now. Say, Father God, I believe your son Jesus lived a perfect life. He never sinned. And he died on the cross for my sins. And his blood forgives me of my sins. He died on the cross so that I might have life and have it to the abundance. God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and change me. I believe Jesus was buried. I believe he was resurrected three days later. And I believe he is coming back again. And I want to be in that number. Bring me to heaven by your son and his blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick, I want Johnny and Samuel to come up here. These two, two men, young men, are going to Honduras tomorrow. 
mission trip with Light of Life International. I just want to pray over them real quick. I know they're going to bring the gospel to many that need it. Amen. But we have people in our community that need it too. So maybe I need to pray for all of us, right? That we would be bold witnesses. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of us right now, God. Wherever our feet may go tomorrow, that we would boldly speak the name of Jesus. Not in arrogance, not in rudeness, but the love of Jesus. Turn our hearts with a posture toward heaven. That we would have the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ for the people who were made in your image. God, you did not save us so that we can keep this good news to ourselves. So God, I pray starting today, Lord, help us put the words in our mouth. Give us the courage from the Holy Spirit and bless these two young men as they go to Honduras tomorrow. Use them in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. If you prayed with me, I saw a few hands in the back. I'm, I'm about to dismiss. I want you to come up here. Brother Charles is over here. He's got something to give to you. Amen. I want to meet you. I hope you guys had a blessed time tonight. Continue to pray for, or today, continue to pray for Pastor Jeff. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the rivers of living water flow right now in every single person. Fill us, fill us, fill us afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. You dismiss. God bless.